Hey, everybody, welcome to Lions on Leashes. I am your host, Marissa. I hope everyone is staying healthy and well during these crazy, crazy times again. If you're new to Lions on Leashes, this is a community of driven dreamers. We spotlight strong women from all over the world who have pushed their boundaries, proving that with inner strength and a dream, anything can be accomplished. For more information, follow us on Instagram at Lions on Leashes and visit lionsonleashes.com. If you have a strong female in mind who you know would love to come on the podcast and share their story and knowledge within their field, please jump to the website lionsonleashes.com and go to the submit a topic section and please nominate the person and fill out a form. would love to get some recommendations from our listeners. And also, please subscribe to Lions Unleashes wherever you listen to your podcast. All right. All right. So today we have Jacqueline Gallo. She is a life coach and keynote speaker and best-selling author. At age 21, Jacqueline started her business from her dorm at Georgetown University. She is passionate about helping women create lives they love. And today she's spoken to over 125 corporations Jacqueline is passionate about helping women create lives they love. Today, she has spoken at over 125 corporations, conferences, and universities in seven countries and is a a TEDx speaker. Jacqueline has been featured by Forbes, Elite Daily, Bustle, and Washington Business Journal, and her book has been featured on Good Morning Washington. Follow the motivational Jacqueline Gallo at Jacqueline double underscore Gallo and check out her podcast, Spark Your Light, wherever you listen to your podcast. You could also listen on her website at JacquelineGallo.com. And she has a free audio for affirmations, which I listened to, which was really motivational. And also, if you're ready to take the plunge because you're ready to move forward in your work, you know, work with Jacqueline. She has one-on-one coaching, obviously, and she has courses. And as you're going to be able to hear from this episode, from her accolades and her her knowledge and her passion, she is the person to go to. And then also for all of our driven dreamers out there, jump to Amazon and order her book, Stop Getting in Your Own Way, A No BS Guide to Creating the Business of Your Dreams. It was such a great time talking to Jacqueline. We talked, I mean, this was very, very motivational. We talked about starting at any age, allowing ourselves to want what we want, manifestation, and you know, what are you motivated by? And we were talking about some different types of motivation that's out there, but I had the best time. I don't want to give too much away. Please enjoy Jacqueline Gallo. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you too. Welcome back. Thank you. Thank you so much. And thank you for having me on your show. Of course. Of course. I didn't know this till afterwards, but you attended a talk at my sister's college. So when I, when I found you, I was like, oh, Nicole, you follow her. And she's like, oh, she came to my school. She's amazing. You went to um, the University of Delaware. Amazing. Such a small yeah. world. I love that. Do you guys live in Delaware or near Delaware? We're from Long Island. Okay, so cool. yeah, I went to St. Rose, a really private college in Albany, New York, and then never left out of school. I've been, I'm, I'm old. I've been out of school for a while. So, and then my internship hired me out of college back That's in the amazing. day and just 
met my husband, just grew up here, you know, in near Saratoga Springs. That's awesome. York. Where are you from? I'm from Philly. So we're not that far from Delaware. So I feel like a lot of people are kind of from like somewhere within driving distance who go to Delaware. So that's why I was curious. Mm-hmm. I visited them. It's a fun town. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Wow. What a small world. I'm excited. I feel like that means that something magical is going to come from this. Yeah, absolutely. I've been doing tons of research on you. And so this is, this is just what we do. It's very conversational that we don't fact check. So you can throw some facts out there. It doesn't matter. <laughs> you can curse. Um, oh, I have wine. If you wanted to go get some. Oh, I so. love that you have wine. I'm going over my in-laws for dinner after this. So I'll probably oh, wait. Okay. I want to be like, you're better than me. So I'm <laughs> cooking dinner tonight. My husband doesn't get home until late. So, uh, all right. If they're cool, this is going to be a party of one situation. Yeah, no, I love over. It. It's going to be fun. I love that you're having wine. Thank you. It's after, it's dark now. You never it know what time dark. it is now. I'm like well, yesterday. I was like, what time is it? I know um, it's crazy. It's ridiculous. We, so it's funny. My nine to five was just in Philly for a huge conference. And we were watching a game last night. One of, I don't know, the 76ers, I think it yeah. was. And they had it right at that the staple. And I was like, oh, I've been there. I was like, I took a picture there. I've never, I haven't gotten to go there with my husband yet, but what a great city. It's yeah. fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. It's a great place. I grew up here and I love it. So I stayed here. I was supposed to go to school in Scranton. Actually. Wow. Yeah. Scranton? Marywood. Wow. Yeah. How far are you from there? Like an hour, an hour and a half. Okay. Not bad. Not yeah. bad. I'm four and a half hours from my family. So anything under four hours, I'm like, oh, that's decent. <laughs> like, yeah. That's good. What is your driving distance though? Yeah. It's primarily a straight shot, but you're hitting like tri-state traffic and yeah. all of that. The but, worst. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but congratulations on getting married. That's Thank so you. awesome. Thank you. Yeah. I was in Jamaica too for my honeymoon and the all-inclusive and just like, uh, I didn't want to come back. It was wonderful. How was I it for you? That. It was great. Yeah. We had so much fun. Oh, good. Good. So this is it. Honestly, we start talking. I have some questions. I sometimes barely stick on, on script. But one of the main reasons that I wanted to talk to you was because you and I really share together an impact surrounding like confidence and how, like with you, especially with your books and your talks and everything like that. And here on Lines Unleashes, our mission here is to really close the confidence gap because I truly do feel that once we do close that, everything is going to fall into place, like the wage gap and why we walk into boardrooms and ask for things. I do think that that stems from where the males are. And then we'll, we can do that here with our stories and come together as a community, but let's start at the beginning. So you're young, you're, you're crazy accomplished. You have your own coaching business. You've spoken at over a hundred corporations and conferences and seven countries. You're a TED speaker. You're a TED talk speaker. I'm assuming you're under 30. Um, You look very, very young. So with that huge life, you know, those are lifelong accomplishments. So I really want to hear, like, take me through the beginning. Oh, it's a good story. I hope you're listening and you get some popcorn or something for those who are listening. So the beginning is really interesting to me because I think that when we look at people who've accomplished great things. We think that it was always that way. And from the very beginning, there was this big grandiose idea, but I think it often starts with really small steps that just start to accumulate and create momentum. And that's kind of what it was for me. So 
I was a senior in college and summer between my junior and senior year, I was doing a corporate internship in marketing. I thought it was my dream job. I had this idea in my head of what I thought I wanted, but it wasn't based on reality. It wasn't, I had never done it before. So already a lesson here is that we often dream up things that we don't even have any experience with. And the only way to really figure out like what we want to do with our lives, or if we really want that position or that promotion is to actually live it. So I started living it and I realized very quickly that I didn't like it. I felt very unfulfilled and like something was missing. And that's when the intuition really started. It started softly. Like maybe this whole corporate thing isn't for you. And every day that I lived out of alignment, it got louder and louder and louder until it felt like it was screaming at me and I had no choice but to listen to it and start a business. The problem was that I didn't have any business ideas. (laughs) So I thought, okay, well, I guess I could just try to come up with some ideas. So every day, August 2016, I would write down business ideas and they were all terrible. And I think it was a really wonderful exercise to just be creative. Don't judge yourself. Don't judge your ideas. Just allow your brain to come up with what it does because one thing leads to another and none of the ideas were ever that good really but I decided that I was going to start and that was another key turning point was just start because there's only so much you can figure out in your head without actually doing and learning and I had a feeling that I was going to fail because I had listened to podcasts and read books about successful people and it seemed that everyone failed I didn't quite understand why failure was so important. At that time, I just thought, oh, it's part of the process, so I might as well start, but that was good enough. So I looked at my ideas and I picked what I thought was the best one. So at the time it was to create this product. It was a plate that encouraged healthy eating and I had struggled with an eating disorder. So I had a personal connection to it. felt really inspired by this idea and ran with it. It was hard and it was a complete failure but I executed it. So I bartend, I don't know why I said bartender. I didn't ever bartended in my life. I waitressed on campus at a bar. So that's where the bar thing comes in for um, the whole first semester. And I saved up all my tips and then I borrowed a little bit of money from my parents and I was able to place an initial order of this inventory. And then long story short, nobody wanted it. It was a product that had a lot of problems for a lot of different reasons that I won't get into to bore you. But I learned a lot of lessons about business. And when I realized this wasn't going to work, I was at a place where I still had enough self-confidence to keep going. I felt like this didn't work, but it was just my first idea. It kind of felt like when you're a freshman in high school or in college and you mess up, but you know that you're going to mess up and it's fine. You can keep going. So I came up with another idea, which was to kind of take the concepts from this play and put them into an app and make it more holistic and wellness-based. And then I ran with that idea. I raised 20K on Kickstarter for that idea and worked with college students who were app developers and they created this app. This is maybe where I met your sister. I started speaking at colleges across the US to share my story, overcoming the eating disorder and really like learning how to be holistically well and have a healthy relationship with myself, with my body, with food and talk about this app. So I got this big list of 
young women who were going to be beta testers for this app. We launched the app and there were a million problems. There were tons of bugs. People were in the middle of using it and it would crash. And I was faced with a decision. Do I keep going on this idea and figure it out or do I pivot? And I get asked a lot about this. Like, how do you know when it's time to like give up on something versus keep going and be resilient? And for me, my heart wasn't in it anymore. I had evolved so much as a person that I wasn't as passionate as I was when I first started this project. And I wanted to do bigger and better things. I wanted to impact not just wellness, but all of personal development and really share bigger lessons with the world in, in a different way. So that was kind of how I knew I just trusted my intuition, but this time it was a lot harder. So I didn't feel like a freshman anymore. I felt like an adult that was living home with my parents for three years after graduation. All of my friends had real jobs, had big paychecks, were even starting to buy their own houses and do grown up things. And I was making no money, had a loss for three tax years in a row. I think the IRS is about to report me at a ho- as a hobby at that point because you can't keep having a loss and paying no taxes. And I felt like maybe I should just give up at this point. Even though I had these aspirations for more, this was the time where my confidence was the absolute lowest. I wondered if I had what it takes. I wondered if maybe I would just be happier settling and having a job that maybe I liked and paid me a good salary and I could move on. I had a good degree. I could figure it out, but there was a part of me that just couldn't give up. And I've looked back a lot at this part. This is what I gave my TEDx talk on. And I realized that it was courage and what created the courage wasn't the fact that I was fearless, but rather it was the fact that I had fear, but my self-belief was just a little bit stronger than my fear. And where did that self-belief come from? That's a whole nother question. How do we build that? Right. But at that moment I had it and I leaned into it and I kept going and long story short, this was my big breakthrough. My overnight success came here. My speaking career took off incredibly quickly. This was the beginning of 2019, I spoke almost every week all across the country. This is where my coaching business really started. People would come to me after my talks and ask me for help. Can you help me figure out what to major in when I was speaking at colleges? Or can you help me make a career change or figure out what I want to do with my life? And that's how I started coaching. So fast forward to now, 2019 to 2021, much less change, just solid, steady growth with lots of lessons in between and finding myself more and more. But that's sort of the evolution. That's awesome. And I'm going to get into belief in a little bit because I watched your TED talk, which is awesome. But I feel like I'm going to like knowing I'm going to fail. That's such an old soul mentality. Like back then I couldn't even care less about what, except what was in front of me. That was also like a lot of self-image things and rechanging my self-identity or my persona from high school. So now I'm in a whole, but new canvas. So like, I could like, that's really, really smart. Um, for people like me back in the day, like I would feel like this is the end of the world if I don't succeed. Cause I can't see that there's more 
in front of me. Did you feel any, were you scared or feel guilty surrounding like that original itch? Like, I don't want to do this. Yeah. I felt embarrassed because there were people who judged me starting a business at a young age, especially in an area that I had no experience in. People are like, you're not a nutrition major. Who are you to create this product to help people be healthy? And who are you to run a business? You have no experience even working in a business. All like most of my working experience was being a lifeguard at my local pool, right? So I heard a lot of comments like that. And I was really embarrassed to have my first idea fail because I felt like those people were winning. But then I realized that what it was really about was what I wanted for my life. And I didn't have to prove anything to anyone. But if I was going to prove something to someone, it would be the fact that I didn't give up because that is the best success story in the world, the resilience. It's the person who kept going no matter how hard it was, no matter how many challenges they faced. And while my idea pivoted and I shifted and evolved, I never gave up. And I think that's what I leaned into, even though I did feel a lot of negative emotions. I've come to notice, especially like being and like listening to women like you, the more negativity on the front end, the louder and better the women succeed in the long run. It's motivating for sure. And it's really interesting with motivation. Some people are motivated by pain and moving away from the pain. And other people are motivated by pleasure and moving towards the pleasure. I'm actually more of the pleasure, like the vision, but my husband is really motivated by pain. And so it's really interesting to hear, like when he'll tell me something like this person said this, so I'm going to prove them wrong. Like that doesn't light me up as much but some people are wired that way. So I think it's a really good self-reflection point for anyone listening. What motivates you the most? Is it like to prove someone wrong? Is it to move away from that pain or is it to run towards the pleasure? Neither is good or bad or right or wrong. But when you know yourself, you can set your goals in a way, you can align your life in a way that sets you up to succeed based on the things that really motivate you. Yeah, absolutely. Is he a people pleaser? Well, he's been working on that for sure. But in his best men, he had two best men in their speech. Literally the whole speech was about how, when I went on my bachelorette, my girlfriends organized this game where they asked me a bunch of questions about him. And then they asked him the questions and then they compared our answers. And one of the questions was, what's your biggest fear? And his answer was disappointing his family or friends. And they actually like used that as their whole speech to say like, hit, his whole thing in life is to make the people he loves happy, which is like so beautiful as a wife, but also there's definitely tendency of people pleasing there. So it's kind of funny because that was like literally their whole wedding speech and it's a beautiful thing and also a challenge. Uh, So yeah, pretty interesting. Oh, I love that. So you have an entrepreneurial gene, obviously you were just born with it. So what do your parents do? Yeah, they're not really entrepreneurs, but they're entrepreneurs entrepreneurial. So my dad's story, he actually had a business idea when he was in his twenties. And one of his biggest regrets in life is not pursuing it. And I heard about that my whole life. And I think that really impacted me to see my parents struggle financially, to see my dad feel like he never reached his full potential. He really imparted on me the wisdom to go for it because 
looking back and wishing you did is the worst feeling in the world. And I, I watched him process those feelings. So that's big. My mom was home when I was young, actually, but she's very entrepreneurial as a person, like her mindset. She's always thinking of ideas. She's obsessed with asking me about my business and coming up with the latest idea. And she works as a receptionist now, but I think that their skill set and like the lessons they imparted on me was huge. And the biggest thing was the belief that I can do anything I set my mind to. We talk about the self-belief thing. Like when I really analyze my childhood and what makes me different from other people. And I think anyone can create these beliefs at any point in their life. But I was really fortunate to have parents that told me that my dad said that to me probably every day as a child, it's a hundred percent ingrained in my subconscious mind that I can do anything I set my mind to. So to believe that fully Of course, nothing's going to hold me back. Of course, no matter how many times I fail, I'm going to get back up because that is just a core belief in who I am. So I think that is the biggest impact that my parents had on me as an entrepreneur. I feel really bad for kids or people who didn't have that because I also had that. And my dad did it in a way where it was, he was able from, he did it in a way that it was, he painted a picture for me that I could actually see. Someone's like, well, get a job and do this and do that. And the kids are like, even at high school, like, okay, okay, okay. I know it's what I'm supposed to do, but like the why. And my dad's like, well, do you like going on those Disney vacations that you want to do? I'm like, oh my God, I love them. Do you like going to Aruba for two weeks? Oh my God, I love them. And he like created these emotional connections and memories that I had. He's like, well, in order to do that, you need to have a position where you have to do something you really, really love. So Mm -hmm. even if it's being in waste management and doing the garbage, you have to absolutely love it and you need to own it and be the best at it. And he made this like picture, like you can just really own something and you'll be successful and live a life that you, that you love doing. So I've also encountered with people that have not had that. And I have major sympathy for people who didn't have that motivation, that encouragement, because that goes into your whole rest of your life. Yeah. It childhood is so important because your subconscious mind is like forming between birth and eight years old. And everything we see is pivotal in the beliefs we adopt as an adult and It makes me very sad to know that there are so many people who have had traumatic childhoods, but the thing that I think helps me see the light on the other side is that our brains are malleable and we can change them at any age and we can change our beliefs and become the person we want to be no matter what, no matter how old we are at any age. So if you're listening and you didn't have that growing up in your childhood, I feel empathy for everything you've been through. And I'm sending you so much love. And I just want you to know it's never too late to create that. You get to create that for you and put yourself in the communities now as an adult that can help support those beliefs and empower you to create the life you want. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. One thing though, totally pivoting, but in terms to age, but one of the things is the notion that women who are in their thirties, forties to fifties, there's this weird like thing, like you can't start, Mm -hmm. right? Like you've had that itch. Maybe, maybe you couldn't do it at the time you've had children or, you know, you were good in your career to get you where you needed to be or financial supportive and things like that. We don't talk about it here on the podcast a lot. I thought it'd be a great opportunity to bring it with you was like just talking to people in their thirties to their fifties and more or older around like you can start that thing or itch that itch at any age. Cause it's not really talked about that much that I hear. 
Yeah. In fact, I think you're more equipped. Let's be honest. I was not very equipped in my twenties. I didn't know anything. And I had to fail probably a lot more than someone in their thirties or forties or fifties would experience going through it. I have a client who's in her sixties and she's like building her dream business. And I think it's just so beautiful to see someone actually living it out. And what I really see in her that I think is a good lesson for everyone is you know, that inner knowing that you're just meant for something bigger, whatever that might be for you. For some people, it might be like a business, making a certain amount of money, having a certain career path, but you know, deep down that that's meant for you. And even though you might question it a lot and settle, sometimes you always go back to it. That inner knowing is never going to go away. And I believe one, it was placed there by God or whatever you believe in for a reason, because it's meant for you. And, and two, seeing with my client um, who's in her sixties, she realizes that because it's not going away, because it hasn't gone away in all the other years of her life, she might as well go for it and see what can happen because it's always going to be there. And she doesn't want to live the rest of her life with this feeling of what if. Yeah. On a very smaller scale, I would feel like guilty that I'm like, well, this is what I always wanted. Now, I don't think I want it anymore. Like this like weird, like it could be from like changing your major kind of guilt to like, well, I don't know. Like I've been shooting for this ever since I could like knew it was a thing. And now I've had this purpose and this purpose is 10 years old, but like, I don't know if I want to do that anymore. Like, is that okay? You know, you like, you start to like question yourself. Maybe it's not even guilt, but I get nervous because then like, oh no, you're going to the unknown again. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And the unknown is so scary because any identity change makes our ego freak out because it wants things to be the same and the way that they have always been. But I think we're not meant to do like one thing forever and one specific, I think there's too much, Gary V talks about this a lot. There's too much focus on specificity. Like I've heard Gary V talk about how when he uh, started talking about business, people were like, who are you? You're the wine guy. And he was like, what the wine guy, like I've been a business owner before I was the wine guy. Like, why are people so obsessed with this? Like you have to do one thing for your whole life. I think it's the obsession with purpose. And we think that purpose is in career. And I think that purpose is who we are and how we show up in the world. And one way we can exhibit it is in career. But if we actually believe purpose was only in career, that would mean, for example, women or men who say stay at home with their children don't have purpose. That would be the most ridiculous thing in the whole world to say, right? So purpose is found in who we are and who we're being, and we can exhibit it in different ways in our life. And one way is through our career. So if that's the case, then we don't need to be so fixated on the one thing, the one way it's supposed to look. And also the goals you set 10 years ago, like you were a different person and you got to live out those goals grow and evolve. And now you want new goals. We're always evolving as humans and we're always going to have bigger goals and new goals. So I think just allowing that, allowing ourselves to want what we want is something that's so hard, especially for women and is a total game changer. When you truly just say, I want this, this is what I want right now. This is maybe not what I wanted three years ago. And it might not be what I want three years from now, but this is what I want now. And this is where I'm going today. And I'm going to go for it and I'm going to own it. I think that's so powerful. It is. And it's funny. I just watched that Gary Vee 
thing like two or three days ago. So I totally knew exactly what you were talking about. He said something and it's kind of pivoting, but he said something in a talk that was recorded or a conference. And he said, you can't get mad at the kids today because they have options. And Mm -hmm. I was like, it's so true. Like even social media management 10 or 11 years ago, no one would ever thought a social media manager would ever be a thing. Right. Same thing now is when when kids say now they want to be influencers and make their money through Instagram and TikTok. It's just that to me is the evolvement of a social media manager, but they're using their own brand. So, yeah, I I totally res like totally understood what you were saying there and, and how he said that. It was great. It's really a beautiful message to appreciate the evolution of work and the way the world is changing. And rather than get angry about it, get in it, evolve how you want to evolve, pave your own path. If that's something that's on your heart, usually the anger comes from jealousy or something that you don't think is possible for you. So whenever you feel that way, whether it's about someone being a social media manager or wanting to be a YouTuber for a living. My sister tells me that a lot because she's a first grade teacher and they do like, what do you want to be when you grow up? And YouTuber is the number one thing, which is so funny that it's become a verb. Instead of feeling jealous, ask yourself, well, what am I not allowing myself to want? Or what do I not think is possible for me? And, And just bring some awareness to that. I'm trying to say that to myself too. Like I'm seeing a lot of you know, obviously like there's a lot of female podcasts out there and all these things. And I'm like, it just means that there's a, there's room in for you in the community. Like I hate when people are like, I've heard a lot of people that I talk to, or if they have a business, they're like, Oh, a competitor blocked me or something that I'm like, there's always room for collaboration. This world is way too big to think that you're the only So being able to see those communities and things like that too are just opening up that there's people that you can collaborate with and learn from and things like that. Absolutely. And something that I think is really important is with other people who are doing the same thing, I don't even want to call them competitors because I don't even like that word. It feels icky. Really seeing it as setting an example of what's possible. Like I look at women who are doing things that I want to do and I'm like, wow. That's so awesome that they did that. Like, that means it's possible. That means I can do it too. And when you really believe in abundance, you believe like there's room for all of us to succeed and thrive. And I think that that's a shift that's absolutely essential to helping women achieve their goals is really believing in the abundance that is already there, but you're just stuck in the scarcity because that's what you were taught when you were a kid. And that's okay. You've recognized it. And now it's time to shift it and know. Yeah, of course there's room for all of us. Of course we can collaborate. Of course we can see other women doing big things as an example of what's possible for us. Yeah, I agree. I know you're right. Collab- like competitors sound so corporate, but that is my nine to five. So it's really hard to take that, that hat off every once in a while. So how did it feel to know that you were going to do a TEDx talk? It was a dream of mine for a long time. So it was so exciting. And I want to say I had applied to a lot, like theme of failure again. I set a goal. I applied to a bunch of TEDx talks. I got a bunch of rejections. And finally, someone accepted me. Somebody thought my idea was worth spreading. And just that in and of itself was really fulfilling to know it's not about the rejections. It's about the fact that you keep going and 
I think this is like a good theme of success. Failure is really like true failure is impossible. If you just keep going, like eventually, eventually someone's going to want to hear my idea, right? Eventually someone's going to pick me. It might take a lot of time and a lot of energy. And it's important to know which goals you're committed to putting in all that time and energy to, but this was one for me. So it was really exciting. But what happened was it was supposed to be in person in March of 2020. So it was a real bummer pretty early on, maybe like the first week of March. And it was probably going to be the fourth week. They canceled it. And my family had been talking in February. There's this COVID thing. Your TEDx is going to get canceled. And I'm like, you guys are crazy. (laughs) Stop being so negative. Get it out of my world. And then it got postponed to the summer and they thought it was going to be in person. And then finally they said that it was going to be virtual. And I was really nervous about it, but they did a fantastic job. We went to uh, a studio and filmed everything live. So one take, which was Great, because it's just like if you were on stage. But the thing is, I was used to speaking to an audience, not a camera. So it was so different and quite challenging. And I did it. And it was great. And I am so proud of the talk. And I just can't wait to get it in as many hands as possible. It was beautiful. I mean, the set itself was great. It was wonderful. I didn't know that you did that during quarantine. Yeah, I didn't, it, I didn't it, it felt it so real and professional. And I mean, it went better than I could have possibly expected given the circumstances. Oh yeah. Oh, and it, it was fantastic. I had no idea. I didn't look at the date. I just saw it, watched it. And your dress was gorgeous as well. Thank so, you. You're welcome. So obviously I wanted to, I watched it and I wanted to discuss a couple of things. First, I completely manifest very specific scenarios. So when you were saying that with the scenario with your husband and things like that, I completely was like, I, I love when people manifest. I think it's super healthy, especially when I'm out for a run. I absolutely love going for a run outside and then realizing that I forgot where I was or how long I've been going because my mm-hmm. head's in the clouds. Not saying that's the most safest way to do it. I'm not encouraging people to do it. However, I love when it happens. And weirdly, the scenarios that have come to fruition are very weird, unique scenarios that I don't know if that has any correlation, but like, what are the odds that like that actually happened? You know, it has full correlation. It's, it's just the way our brain works. I like to think about manifestation and universal laws of science. That's just the way my brain works. I'm a very logical even though I'm spiritual, I like to really get into the science of it. So just like science of visualization is that we have a system in our brain called the reticular activating system. And its job is to filter information because we come across so much information on a daily basis. And we have 60 to 80,000 thoughts a day. You are not remembering all of those thoughts. So we need a way to filter. And the way that this system works is it filters based on what it thinks is important to you. And the way it figures those things out are based on your thoughts and beliefs. So if you are thinking about something, if you're imagining it, then your brain is going to flag that as important. It's going to flag all of the parts of it. So let's say you imagine sitting on an airplane and meeting a publisher And the publisher offers to publish the idea you've had in your head for a book. Let's just say like a really weird specific, right? 
So now your brain is like, okay, that's important. And now every time you get on an airplane subconsciously, because a lot is happening subconscious, your brain is going so fast. You don't, you're not consciously thinking I'm going to do this subconsciously. Now, every time you get on an airplane, you start talking to the person next to you. You used to never do that. You don't even notice it, but you're casually talking to them. An opportunity comes up for a first-class upgrade. You usually don't take it, but something tells you take it because your brain's like, this is important. Take the upgrade. Right. And all of a sudden you are sitting next to the publisher in first class and having a conversation about the book. And you fleshed out the whole book idea because you had this vision. And so now when you're saying, oh my gosh, you're a publisher, I have this book idea. You so clearly articulate exactly what the idea is. If you hadn't been thinking about this, none of this would have happened because one, you wouldn't be talking to the person next to you. Two, you would have never said yes to that upgrade. You wouldn't have had that ping. Three, you wouldn't have had the idea so fleshed out and clear to actually speak it to the publisher. So that is like the brain science part of it. The other part of it is universal laws with manifestation. So when you think of something that you want, you feel good feelings. That's your vibration. So everything is energy. And essentially the law of attraction is like attracts like. So whatever energy you emit, whatever vibration you emit, you attract that back. So the easiest way to think about vibration is emotion. So what is the emotion you're feeling? So you're feeling really excited, hopeful, proud, filled with possibility, right? All those good feelings, you're putting them out as you think about it. So now that you're putting them out, you're naturally going to attract back like a magnet opportunities, people, anything that can emit that same frequency. So this person who is a publisher, who is literally a walking opportunity is one example of something that you can magnetize into your life. So I like to think of these magical manifestations as combinations between the magnetic energy that manifestation actually has behind it, as well as the way our brain is working. So sometimes we're noticing things, taking different actions that we wouldn't have taken if we didn't prioritize this thing is important. So I like that because it combines the spiritual and the logical. So yeah, I do not believe in coincidences. I do not believe that it just so happened. I believe that the intention feelings, the thought created the circumstance that you desired. I love that. I love that so much. It's just like, I was a little, like I would manifest a situation happening of meeting a specific person. It wasn't a person of significance, but I was like, oh my God, what if we ended up like you're in your head about a scenario that could happen. Then, I mean, I randomly, without even expecting it, walk up to this place and the person is standing there alone. And I, in my head, I go, no shit. Like that, like this has been going on in my head for, I don't know how long. And this crazy scenario and I could play it cool or whatever it was because I've seen this play out again and again in my head to this day. Like it gives me chills thinking about how weird like time stopped for me. Like what's happening? Are you dreaming? What's going on? You know? So good. And I've heard a lot of people talk about people who manifest and like consciously create their reality when they've accomplished something really big. And people ask like, how was it? Like, how was it to give a TEDx talk? Right. It's like, it was great but I've been there. I've done it a million times already. Like I hear people say that all the time. And it's like the things that you go through in your head over and over again and relive over and over again, when it's finally there, it's familiar, which is just really weird. And that's exactly what you described. So I love hearing that from someone else. So I listened to a podcast and she 
uh, there was a guest on there that was the behavioral scientist or she was on the science board for the Obama administration. Like she's really high up there in science. And she's like, I really don't believe in manifestation. I truly believe that if you manifest, you're really just organically working towards that thing. And I totally was open to what she said. I'm like, well, technically true. Like, yeah, if you, if you want something, you're organically going to make yourself closer and closer. But in the scenarios, like with that guy outside the bar by himself that I've thought about forever, I'm like, there's no way I could have worked. It was the right place at the right time. So I understood her reasoning and really understood it. But I was like, there's certain situations you're like, it can't, there's no science or algorithm behind the situation that I'm in. Yeah, it reminds me of the quote, luck is where preparation meets opportunity. So what she was saying, that's by Seneca. She was saying is the preparation, but the opportunity part is the magic. Like you can have all the preparation in the world without opportunity. You're not going to create luck. It's the stimulation, I guess. I don't know how else to explain it. Did you ever hear about the stimulation? Uh uh-uh. uh. Oh, it's corny. And I'm going to butcher, I'm going to butcher it, but I've heard it tons of times where like essentially everyone's path is already made for them. Like we're all on a big computer. It's very matrixy. Like you're meant to go do that. It's a whole yeah. other, it's a corny way of saying that. Okay. So the other thing was I going back to belief. So when I was listening to your talk, I paused it right there when you talked about adding belief to fear. And I was like, wow, that, that is something that I've never heard someone say before. So I'd love for you to go into more detail about it. Yeah. Well, thank you. That's the whole purpose of a TEDx talk is an idea that's new or that's a unique way. And I really analyzed my journey and what, what was different about it. And I think it's just something that wasn't talked about before people talked about being fearless, but it just didn't hit on it for me. So I think the biggest thing is raising your self-belief. Like I said, to that level where it's greater than fear. And I can think about situations in the past where I didn't act and I didn't take the actions I wanted to take. And my fear was stronger. And it's, it's really all about those levels in comparison to each other. And I don't know if it's possible to lower fear, but I do know it's possible to raise belief. So how do we raise belief? There's lots of different ways to do it. I talk about some in the TEDx of just like simple exercises to build self-confidence, like doing hard and comfortable things, proving to yourself that you can do hard things. I like to do that through exercise, whether that's an example I give in the talk is run a mile longer than you think you can. I often go to like challenging workout classes to just really prove to myself that I can do hard things. You can take cold showers. That's one kind of like fun, physical, tangible way to build self-belief. Other ways, journaling, affirmations. I'm a big advocate for rewiring your brain and affirmations are a fun, easy way to do it. Journaling, like giving your brain evidence on why you are qualified for this thing or why you are capable of accomplishing this goal. The more evidence we can give our brain, the more it's going to get behind it. There's other modalities like uh, EFT tapping or hypnotherapy you can try depending on what resonates with you. But I think journaling and doing hard things is a good place to start. And congratulations on finishing the marathon with a stressed angle. Oh, that it looked painful, but it's awesome that you could accomplish it. Thank you. It was very painful and very worth it. Oh, I don't know what a stress fracture is, but I'd like to do a half marathon possibly at some point, but I hope that I can get through it if I ever do get that, like, like you have, you made it look really easy. 
You You probably can. Uh, uh, Stretch fractures just from like overuse. It's literally like a crack in your bone from overuse. I think training for like the full marathon for like five months was just so much running that my body just couldn't sustain it. But I have done a half marathon prior to the full marathon. I didn't have any problems. So if that's any consolation. All right. Well, thank you. There is one. So I went for a run yesterday and was really thinking about what you said too, is that there's a specific part of my run where I get like, you could walk it like, you know, but I said to myself, you have ran this 100 times, at least mm-hmm. I wish I counted it. I, I deleted the, uh, the previous app, but I was like, there's, you've done this 2000 times. Why is today the day that you're not going to do it? Mm-hmm. You've already proven it to yourself 2000 times that you can go from this point to this point without stopping. So shut up and do it, <laughs> put on a good song. And it really does help when I say that to myself in a nicer way. You know, self-talk is everything. hundred percent. I love it. So let's talk about your podcast, Spark Your Light. I really like the topics you have, how to navigate busy seasons, how to create momentum. You have some great guests on there. So, and you do a podcast every single week. You were even saying that you were doing two in a week in advance to preparate as well. Yeah. So the podcast is really about the concept of spark your light is everyone has that light inside of them where they feel just absolutely lit up about their life, about what they're creating, about their goals. And I want to be that spark for you, whether that's giving you a dose of motivation, sharing a story that can really help because you can see yourself in me, giving some tips that change something in your daily life that help you feel more empowered to reach your goals. So yeah, I come every week. I bring on guests for probably about half the episodes and that's essentially the concept of it. They're really great topics. They really are. They're just all inspired by like creativity is a really interesting concept. I just live my life, live my best life, go for my big dreams and goals every day. And then I have ideas. That's just how I create it. It's like, oh, I need to talk about that where I'll have a conversation with someone. And I'm like, that's so good. It needs to be a podcast episode. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So actually this last question coming to the end came up because I was talking to someone ironically, like, well, what do you want this podcast to be? And I was like, well, blah, blah, blah. The real question is this. And I'm like, that's a great question. So we conclude with that said, we conclude the same quite, we ask the same question for everyone who comes on the podcast is their concluding question. And that is, what is one thing that you've experienced that everyone should go through? It's mm, a really good question. I don't want to talk about something we've already talked about. I want to leave a different tidbit of wisdom. One thing I've experienced that everyone should go through is waking up in the morning and being so freaking excited about the day ahead of you. I think that so many people settle for a career path that they don't love, that they just do to pay the bills. And I respect that so much because some people don't feel that they have choices and they have to do things for their family. I watch my parents taking whatever jobs they could in order to support our family. And I'm so grateful for that because I would never, ever be here without that. But if I could leave one thing for every human in the world, it would be, and whether you work or not, if you're a stay-at-home mom, like 
to have something incredibly fulfilling that you do with the majority of your time. Like let's talk about the 40 hours of a work week, something that it doesn't mean you'll love every day, but what it does mean is that you feel excited to get out of bed more days than not. I think that's how, you know, and that's what I want everyone to experience. That's great. That's great. So follow the emotional, well, the emotional, follow the motivational Jacqueline Gallo at Jacqueline underscore Gallo. Check out her podcast, Spark Your Light, wherever you listen to your podcasts. And you could also go to her website at JacquelineGallo.com. And she has a free audio of affirmations for helping you to start your day. And also, if you're ready to take the plunge and you're ready to start your dreams, work with Jacqueline. She has one-on-one coaching and obviously she has courses on there for you. So I would definitely reach out. It's definitely worth it to do something that you love. So for all of our driven dreamers out there, jump to Amazon and order Jacqueline's book. Stop getting in your own way, a no BS guide to creating the business of your dreams. It has been, Jacqueline, it has been an absolute honor speaking with you today. I am so excited and was very excited to tell my sister that I was talking to you today. Welcome to the community. You are a lady with clients. We are so happy to have you. I love it. Thank you so much for having me. I am so grateful. Uh, I want to quickly say this is annoying. My Instagram is Jacqueline double underscore Gallo. I'm saying it because I don't know if there is a Jacqueline underscore Gallo, but it wasn't available. So I am double underscore if you're looking for me and can't find me. Oh, no, did I not say that? I'm so sorry. I was on my underscore because you can't really tell when I write it out. So it's confusing. Oh, I even wrote double underscore. I'm so sorry. All right. It's totally okay. Double underscore. I was like so passionate about your outro. It's totally okay. I just figured I'd mention it in case someone's looking. I don't think there is an underscore though. I've researched it and I can't find that person. Oh no. Well, I guarantee you that everyone here will find you. Guarantee it. And then we're also going to link to the TEDx talk on the episode description. So uh, I promise you people will find you, but thank you so much. It's been such a pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. 